Podstarter. So, Reese. Yeah. I know who you talk to this time. You do. You do. You work. You work with her every day. And, and I and I feel like there's a there's a bit of an irony in this conversation with with Sarah McClellan, one of our first outstanding producers. That uh, we had a conversation with her. Actually, we hired her mainly because of what she learned from running her own podcast. Yeah, she's like a five-year veteran who uh, produced and still produces a weekly podcast that has video as well, without skipping a beat, completely as a passion project, off her own back, learned everything herself, taught herself things, made mistakes and, and then fixed them and then improved and developed and continues to kind of develop her show and, and grow it. And she has a really uh, devoted audience. She, she has followers. She has a Patreon. Um, and yeah, th- that's why we kind of, we, we, we knew we had to work with Sarah because she, she, done everything and she'd done it all off 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 her own back really as well. I, I, I actually remember our first conversation with her and we, we'd asked you know what what her training was what her background was how she learned and she was honest and talked about the mistakes that she made yeah. and being one of the best ways to learn was to actually it was to, to fail yeah give it a shot didn't work try again and she's now what past 200 episodes yeah recently launched into a second season second phase second structure all of this kind of stuff for a, a, a new launch so Ideally, she's learned all of the stuff that we've been able to share, launching into that second season and, and teaching us still. Yeah. And, and also that her, her live element, um, she does live streaming. She, she does a lot of uh, the, the video versions of her show. Um, she's been really consistent in, in um, producing a weekly show, which is, which is a big ask. You know, she does it all out of her apartment and um, has been so committed to it for so long that it's really impressive to... Uh, to come across a show that has 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 been uh, like nonstop in a way that um, that the, all the pressure comes from her putting on herself to create and kind of make um, you know make this comedic content and have fun with friends and share that with an audience has all come from her. You know, no one was making her do it apart from herself and, and her love for, for podcasting. Well, she also has a producer now, which she does, which, which I think is wonderful. Yeah, um, and but so. So in this conversation, what were the what are, what are the two things I think that are the big takeaways for you from this conversation? I I think it's starting from a point where you go, I want to do a podcast, and I I I don't really know much about it, but what, what have I got to lose? You know, is is her, her the spirit she puts into it and her approach to it is amazing, and and you know she knows she's very knowledgeable. She's she's gained all that from just doing it and getting on getting on with it and and shaping and improving as she goes. The the second part is kind of the reward she gets from it as well, and you know she's put a lot of effort in, but she has got so much out of it. So I, I think I think there's there's a lot to learn from her story in that sense. Um, it's 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 a mixture of yes, um, I, I need to do this, uh, but these are all the things that went wrong, but these are all the things that made it worth it and made it right. So I, I think I think it'll be a, an interesting listen. Well, it's it's. We touch on this point frequently, which is it talks about pod pod fade, yeah. which is that struggle to find your rhythm, keep up with it. We all go up and down. We all suffer from this, even for for the Pod Starter podcast, having producers help us stay on point on a regular schedule. Yeah, and so Sarah is interesting in the sense of I'm not sure if it's work life balance or it's life life balance or it's work work balance that she's now striving because she's 
podcasting while she's at work. She's podcasting while she's at home. She's listening to pod. She's podcast all the time. Yeah. Her life is now podcasting. So we, we, we hope that's a benefit. We yeah, hope yeah, that's yeah. A, a good growth moment. But uh, looking forward to listening to you have a conversation with uh, Sarah from her podcast, Intoxicated. So, Sarah, thank you for joining us on Podstarter. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, Sarah, you have intoxicated, which you have recently celebrated your fourth birthday in 200 episodes. Four years, 200 podcasts. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. And, video, and videos as well. With video. So, video, I would have started, I think, about two years in or yeah. so. So, I wasn't doing video the whole time, but for quite a while. And, uh, and a weekly show as well. Weekly. Weekly. I know <laughs> okay. I say it with like such like, exhaustion in my voice. <laughs> I know it. And like a, a weekly show is is a severe undertaking in itself. But then you doing like a, like a and a video edit as well for, for YouTube to go alongside. This is this is why we wanted you on the show, is because the way you do it is is massively labor intensive. <laughs> but you haven't missed I know, right? You've been consistent for so long with so many episodes, which is unbelievable. Isn't that because, wild? Because yeah. so many people give up. After like 10 episodes when it's just pure audio. Yeah. Um, like, uh, tell us, like, tell us why you started to do the show oh <laughs> and why gosh. a weekly show. Well, the why is pretty funny because, I mean, four years is a long time. But if you look at where, where it started and where it is, it's a totally different show. Um, it's really just started out of actually just being with friends and going, I want other people to hear this, what you're saying right now. And these were like just people that I would just be like drinking with at a bar with, like kind of in the back of the room. Like you have those conversations at your table that get yeah, really yeah. like heart to hearty kind of thing. And that was the inspiration for the show. I was just like, I just want to talk to friends, which like what podcast isn't about talking to friends. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but I loved podcasts and I thought I could probably do this. And I have really funny friends. So let's do it. And episode one this is so funny. Episode one, I decided to do about the Oscars. <laughs> like an Oscar party, which a lot we of people do. About, we talked about the like uh, the the year's best nominated films, like the films yeah, yeah. nominated for best picture. Um, and I Oscars were coming out on a Sunday. I started editing that episode on that Friday. And this was my first time sitting down trying to learn how to edit a podcast. I did it in Audacity and Reaper. I tried both because <laughs> did you give why up, not? Did you give up on one or you just then, we were just experimenting to see which one you could beat yourself in? Or? Lost the sound in one of them. Oh, really? had, had a friend come over and look at it. He couldn't figure out what the issue was. <laughs> it was like two days straight of me tearing out my hair, being like, what have I gotten myself into? I don't know what I'm doing. And the reason... I had to like rush it was because the Oscars were coming out on that Sunday. So I had to release the podcast to be in line with that, like the Oscars to be relevant. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't relevant, then all the effort was kind of in vain exactly. already. <laughs> and it literally came out like right before the Oscars went live. And uh, it was not a graceful launch is what I will say. <laughs> like one of the biggest things I've learned is that don't rush and like do it take the chance and do it but don't rush yeah. too much <laughs> such a big lesson so so your show as well it, it like is is a few hours long it's very informal like you say and it's it's those kind of heart-to-heart -heart discussions yeah. often with comedians and influencers and people you think are just gonna 
um, create good conversation, I guess. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and did you always have that format in mind or was that the, the original format from that first kind of uh, baptism of fire at the Oscars? You know, I learned quickly that it had to shift from friends to more public facing people. Yeah. Because I was having a lot of friends on that were like, I really want to talk about this subject, but I can't use my real name. I'm so-and-so. <laughs> and I quickly realized that for the show to grow, it's not going to help having people on that like don't want to share the episode yeah. or um, stuff like that. So, And I loved comedy. So I did start tapping into local comedians. And I was like, oh, this is great. They're shameless. They love to talk. They love just any opportunity to like get on a mic and like be themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like one of the best choices I made to start getting comedians on. And then really that expanded out to like anyone who's comedic in nature. So like I've had, it's wild the variety of guests that I've had. In the first year I had paranormal investigators on. Just because I thought that would be fun to do. I mean, like anyone who you think will have a good conversation with. Exactly. And it'll be different and interesting. That's exactly it. Yeah. But definitely like around the vibe of like, you got to be open, you got to be fun, comedic, and just a talker. Got to be down to talk. So you, you're a stand-up comic as well. (laughs) Did that happen from you kind of like hanging out with comedians or was did you kind of go I'm gonna give this a shot you know uh, from or was that something you were doing before or I never thought that I would be getting into stand-up never in a million years probably even this time last year yeah you could have asked me and I would have said hell no um no it was definitely the comedian's influence learning about comedy learning about it from them directly, making friends with them. Because also, too, when I start getting comedians on, that's when I actually start going to shows here in Halifax. Yeah. And I got introduced to the scene. And then I just became sort of this regular at shows. But then also all these other comedians knew of me because they were like, my friend went on your podcast and I listened to the episode. Can I come on now? And so, so, sort of became this chain of community, like where people would tell word of mouth, like yeah. comedians would tell other comedians, they would hear about me and then they would ask to come on. So it worked out really well in that way. That's good. So I, I guess like you podcasting is very community driven. Yeah. But then so is um, stand up comedy as well, because yeah. there's a very like that's a very particular and often like really small percentage of the population that are part of that community. Exactly. It's quite niche. There's lots of personalities. There's drama, like any community <laughs> that plays out. So yeah. you kind of straddled both podcasting and local comedy in that sense. I did big time. Yeah. And it, it's definitely the community factor is huge. Uh, I yeah. think that's like the main reason why I do it is because I love that sense of community. And have you have you found that like you've had regulars from in terms of other podcasters or um, other comedians or um, uh, have you then inspired those stand up comedians? You've started doing what they do, and have they started podcasts like you were doing? Did you introduce them to that world as well? Absolutely. Um, I think sometimes it can be a slow burn. Yeah. So I think we've all had friends or people we know say. I think I'll start a podcast, you know, and and they they always think they'll start a podcast and then they don't do it. And definitely regular guests. Yeah, I've had a lot of regulars on who now do have podcasts and are doing it themselves. And I have had people say, I watched your process and I watched how consistent you do it. And it made me want to really like really hit the ground running and do it and do it consistently. And that's, that's such a compliment, like, yeah, to like yeah. kind of un- inspire people exactly. to start podcasts. Like <laughs> they're like, I wonder if I can keep up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, let's see. Like, and I always, and I always kind of have this like mentality of like, let's see what they do, you know? Cause episode one is easy. Yeah. 
Episode two is easy-ish. But as we know, maintaining that over time, uh, people usually don't realize the amount of work that goes into it. I mean, two questions. After that initial first episode and the crazy stress you put yourself under... (laughs) Why did you do a second one? And then, sec- second question: Why did you decide to do one every week? <laughs> okay, to go. Oh, right? I, I think I can stomach this once a month, maybe. You know, why? Why did you suddenly go? I'm going to do this. This thing was hard, but I'm going to do it every week, and I'm going to commit to doing this. You know, consistently for the next four years. I guess maybe you weren't. You weren't thinking that long term, but probably not. No, I think my introduction to podcasts and all the podcasts that I listen to were all weekly. Yeah. And so it really did become a part of my weekly life going, it's Friday, this podcast is out, you know? Uh, and I and I kind of knew that I have a tendency to not hold myself accountable and I yeah. procrastinate. And so the only way that I could really do this thing was to go, I'm doing it. It's going to be every Friday. And it's going to just be part of my... Yeah. It's just going to be part of my life. And you soon realize, you know, different tips to kind of keep yourself going. Like you backlog episodes, you batch record so that you're not sort of always rushing. And when I launched, I think I maybe had two episodes in the bag. I had the Oscars one and I had another one. Um, But that two weeks goes very quickly. It sure does, (laughs) especially when it's long form. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's another tricky aspect of my show is that it's not really like I can say, um, five guests come over and we'll go back to back for two hours each. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just not doable, so. They're too exhausted. And then also, if you spend two hours talking about one thing, it automatically bleeds into the next two hours. Yeah. And then you can't separate those shows. They've got to be like almost like part one, part two. You couldn't go, oh, but this one out in three weeks' time and this one out in eight weeks' time. Exactly. They kind yeah. of, you, you become too ingrained when you kind of have a conversation for that long. Oh, yeah. it's It can be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> really, like- really fun. But a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And what was the what were the kind of like the first like really hard lessons you learned? So you say you kind of got mid stride. What were the kind of um, uh, barriers you hit as you were going along, or did it were, were they all up front, and then you managed to just get more efficient as time went on? I think a combination of both. So I think one of my main lessons and challenges was what exactly is this podcast (laughs) (laughs) which i think i even still struggle with sometimes it's certainly way more focused now and it's way more um you know focused in the comedy area but definitely like you know i think i started being like i just want to talk to people who i like you know like anyone who i think is cool i'll interview and i soon realized like well how am i going to maintain a listenership if it's kind of all over the place like this Uh, and that's kind of when I made that shift to number one, like the video and like focusing on comedians, um, time management. (laughs) It's another big one Yeah, (laughs) because it's all me. So I don't actually have a co-host. I don't have really anyone else helping me with the podcast. So it's on me to allocate those nights to go. This night is my editing night. And if, if I don't edit on this night, then I'm going to have to like rearrange my life to make that edit happen. So the work-life balance, I think, has always been a challenge, but definitely increased when I started doing video episodes because that was another layer of work. At what point did you decide to do... I mean, video podcasting is like 
is an established kind of like genre in itself and is growing and more and more people are asking for, for video podcasts. What, at what point did you think this is something I need to do for my show? Hmm. And the thing is, is like, I don't even know if it's a, it was a need, more of a want. Okay. But I started live streaming. So I did, I think, two live streams. And I saw the value in the fact that I had all this video content and all these like amazing moments on video. And when I would post those moments, it got a lot of traction and people really, really liked seeing, especially comedians, you know, like they're very visual, like they have all these facial expressions yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, it can be a very visual experience. When I saw started seeing the value in that, I went, well, I did live streams and I have the webcam and I got the lighting for it now. Why not try? Like try to make these into yeah. video and in my mind i just went well you know we'll just post the video and like people can watch if they want and they don't have to it's still yeah. primarily audio so i still edit uh for audio uh and so if it doesn't make sense audio wise it's still gonna get cut in the video kind of yeah. thing yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of the way that i look at it uh and i kind of see the but it's also interesting because i've heard from certain people I only watch it on YouTube. Which is which is like great. I I think because that's maybe an audience that isn't into podcasts and wouldn't yeah. otherwise discover your show. And what I've tend to hear is like because I have longer episodes, they're not like these little 20 minute episodes or anything like that. They're like, you know, I just throw it on the TV and I clean. Or, you know, like and they're still listening like they yeah, would yeah. on a app. But then every now and then, if there's a moment where it's a fun moment, they can go, I want to see this moment. Yeah, exactly. And so they can then tune into the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's when I start realizing like, well, this is, I like this better because to me, it's more engaging when you post clips, it cap captures my attention right away when it's a video clip versus just audio. And I guess you hear about people like they use live streams yeah. as like as a background thing. It's like background music. Like um, I know a live streamer who one of his biggest live streams he ever did was he just sharpened some knives for yeah. two hours. Yeah. And people ASMR. loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but it, it yeah. was but it wasn't like they were sat there glued to the screen. They were doing other things. Exactly. They were just there was an element of progression. And I think it's a kind of a companionship as well. There's a conversation yes. happening. You can dip in, you can dip out, and it's not you're not gonna even if you miss the odd little moment. That's right. It doesn't mean you're not gonna enjoy the thing as a whole in that sense. So. And that was kind of always the vibe I wanted with the show. I kind of always wanted to feel like like you're someone who's literally a fly on the wall, yeah. in like a really intimate friend heart to heart raw conversation and it has this kind of intimate vibe and so the video just kind of makes that better and i've changed yeah. setups a bunch of times for video too i've experimented with green screens and like <laughs> i don't know i've been through a bunch of different setups and i'm still kind of evolving that um but it is interesting especially when you do have that sense of community where people are watching because their friend is on the podcast yeah. and then they see their friend and they're like this makes it even better because i haven't seen so and so yeah, in forever yeah. and now i'm seeing him <laughs> so it, it's been really um awesome for me i love the video aspect i guess as well though there's the element of you've had some real success with the video clips on social media and that even if people don't necessarily download the podcast they're aware of your show and they enjoy the content in that format too and you've had some real success on tiktok as well building yeah. audience which is quite a new <laughs> thing isn't it yes very new i only started really being on tiktok during the lockdown yeah towards the end of the summer um but like i think that the whole point is is like reuse your content you know yeah if you have content throw it on instagram throw it on tiktok 
like you can put it all these different places and like really utilize it exactly. like you've done that <laughs> yeah yeah you've you've got to put your content wherever the audience is you can't exactly. expect them to find you you've got to you know present it to them where they where they feel comfortable and some people will just follow you on that platform and others will then find a way to your podcast as, right. as you originally intended as well but it, um, if you have a presence on all those things then you're good exactly yeah. exactly yeah and did you find that like um that audience is almost how how do you find the balance between uh, that audience being aware of the podcast and actually download and listen to it or they just enjoy the that in it in its kind of um, as it exists on that single platform i guess that is a good question and one that i'm still trying to figure out <laughs> to be honest because it's a do difficult think, question i do think it is a it is a podcast that people know of um are they listening to every episode all the way through not sure yeah but I have experimented with the secret hidden hashtag idea. So at the end of a long episode, I'll usually say a hashtag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's usually like some ridiculous hashtag. And I say like either message me or comment on the Instagram post yeah. with the hashtag if you made it through. And, you know, we, we make jokes like if you made it through this, you're a trooper. <laughs> you, you deserve... <laughs> We'll send you something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stickers or something. Uh, and so that's kind of an interesting way to see if people are consuming all of that content versus like just little clips here and there. Yeah. Uh, but that is a challenge yeah. for sure. And that's something that I think has made me sort of reassess the podcast a bit. And so I'm kind of in this period right now where I'm like, I'm four years in, I've done 200 episodes that I love so much, but like, let's see what the next chapter looks like. Like, let's see if I sort of reformat this a bit, make it like slightly more digestible. Yeah. Not every episode being three hours long is a start. <laughs> but also it saves you a hell of a workload as well, I guess, yeah. if you do modify it. And, yeah. and I guarantee that like your audience will probably go with you if you yeah. do as long as you're kind of like they're part of the process i think they right. they're always like willing to see a, a show a, a, like evolve and adapt in that sense that's just it and and that's the very cool thing about podcasts is that you are fully allowed to evolve and change yeah uh because it's your show so <laughs> you're you're the boss you're the boss of your own show <laughs> exactly mm -hmm. um and do you know what your who your audience is and where they are and what they're like? You know who who do you uh, uh, over time and you you I guess you get to know them, especially after so many years and so many episodes. Definitely, and a big thing that I learned, um, I kind of was always looking for comedy fans. Yeah, I was like, I want to hit, you know, the people who are going to comedy shows, the people who are like watching stand up on Netflix. Yeah. Um, and I soon realized that a huge chunk of my listenership is literally just other comedians because we talk about comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So comedians love to hear about comedy. Uh, they know the people on the podcast. So it's that, again, that community sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've had a lot of comics who I've never met message me and just go, I know about you because my friend was on the podcast. Or this other comic I know yeah, yeah, yeah. was on the podcast. So I soon realized that, oh man, okay. So I have a big chunk of listeners who are just literally comedians. Yeah. Not necessarily comedy fans. Well, I guess they should be if yeah. they're a comedian. But um You bridge two communities. Bridge two communities for sure. Yeah. And then but then I do have some Patreons actually who are loyal fans, like who have seen a comedy shows. Great. Who who are those comedy fans. But then I think another subsect would be like um, just people who I know personally or who have followed me on Instagram and have now sort of 
been with me on this journey and they kind of listen to everything. That's amazing. And that's kind of like the smaller percentage, but those are like the good ones. Cause I'm like, Oh, okay. Like you'll listen yeah, to yeah. whether I have Alicia McCarvel on or Travis Lindsay, like they're kind of down for everything. So they're essentially like your core, like yeah. most passionate core, core followers that they're the true ones, the, the true, true believers, true believers. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And going on this journey of uh, a consistent weekly show mm-hmm. experimenting with video and live streams and everything else that you've done was there any point where you felt like you were going to give up <laughs> during the last four years slash 200 episodes all the time every <laughs> I, every week <laughs> if i'm honest reese oh my gosh so many times have i want to give up and i think that's uh again just a point to managing the work-life balance and yeah. managing your time and making try to make things easy on yourself so that you're not worn out yeah and you don't start resenting your podcast because like you never want to like go home and go i have to edit this stupid episode and like be like kind of in a negative space because you're tired you didn't sleep you didn't get to run errands um and so yeah i've wanted to give up quite a bit but the pros have always outweighed the cons yeah and that's always what has kept me around. So sort of that feeling of putting an episode out, you press publish, and then you you see people starting to interact with it and enjoy it. And you go, oh, this is worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you just got to kind of stick with it. But it is tough, I got to say. There's times when you like get to that point where you're like, ah, oh, yeah. I still got so much to do. But then you get one review or like something, some kind of feedback or acknowledgement that the, the effort has been worth it. And you're like, I'm looking forward to doing this work again now. <laughs> and you know what? Those always come around when you need it the most. Yeah, I, find, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you find that. Like, I've been in moments where I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing with this. I don't know if anyone's really like taking this in. And I'll literally either get a comment or a message. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter who it's from. But the fact that they've listened and they've consumed the content that you worked on. Exactly. Ends up making it worth it. But you do also got to You got to self-care for yourself too that's very important have you ever had a ho- like a holiday from your podcast <laughs> currently on one yay or, or, or trying to is what trying i say to. are you still planning ahead even though you're not publishing right now yeah yeah so i like to say it's like a holiday but not really a holiday is it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a, a ho- is a gap to catch up that's exactly what it is i'm working on catching up yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um and did you ever did you ever go dead for a while or you've always been able to put them out that's amazing so in the first year i missed i think two weeks and one week was a really early episode that i was like i don't know if i should release this so i'm gonna wait on it a week um it was still in that like that new podcaster phase of like what am i doing i'm putting this out for the world and yeah. like you're really insecure and nervous yeah, yeah, yeah. um and then and then i didn't miss any for a while and then in 2020 i missed two weeks uh one because a friend died <laughs> and another Which is understandable yeah exactly and another would have been the week of blm uh yeah. it just didn't feel appropriate yeah yeah i think a lot of people like out, out of respect teamed out for a while just to give space to that yeah kind of in the media and everything which makes sense too and yeah. those are two very valid reasons it wasn't yeah it sounds like you've been really consistent apart from when big serious things beyond your control happen and you kind of have to i guess very consistent there's always things you can do too so like i've had weeks like my show is like i would say 95 percent a guest based show but I have done solo episodes. Yeah. I've also done highlight episodes, which is good. So you can go back and say, like, at the end of the year, I usually do, like, my favorite moments of the year. Yeah. Uh, which are, is a lot of work. Um, but 
again, you can repurpose your content that you've already made. And also those episodes are really good for new listeners because you can go, you have a sampler plate now of yeah. like what the podcast is, like yeah, yeah, yeah. come and hear from all the different guests I've had on, so to speak. So, um, so yeah, there's things you can do, but this is kind of the first real true, like what I would call a hiatus. Yeah. Probably going to be about a month, which is wild. That's going to be a weird feeling. <laughs> it is so weird. I don't even... <sighs> Yeah, because again, it becomes part of your routine. So yeah, when, you, yeah. when you develop the weekly workflow, it feels weird to not release on a certain day no, no, or exactly. edit on a certain day because you've made it so much of your life and part of your routine. It's kind of like going to the gym, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I'm paying for this. Why aren't I going? <laughs> exactly. So, And are there any moments that have just like felt like a real like high point where you've just gone, oh my God, this is... This, you know, like I, I, it could be anything from being recognized or a review. T tell me about them. Oh my gosh. A few things come to mind. Um, definitely last year, around this exact time, actually, last year, I did my first ever live event. Yeah. That was huge because people physically came out to see the show. And so it wasn't just downloads on a screen. It was you're physically seeing people in seats in front of yeah. you to be entertained. And so that was most definitely a high point, not just because people came out, but because the comedy community got involved and, and helped me with it. And yeah, it yeah, was yeah. still to this day, people say one of the funnest times uh, and one of the funnest shows because it was like a two hour long show, but yeah. it was like a variety show and we did all these different segments. Definite high point for me. And I was really proud of that because I felt like it really captured the podcast in a live event format, which is tough to do. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to translate. Not an easy thing to translate. That was a definite, definite high point. The other high points, I think, would be when, pe and you must relate to this too, when people know about your show and you don't know them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just strangers who know you better than you, than you, it freaks you out. <laughs> I've had like comics that I've never met say things like, I got starstruck around you. <laughs> I'm like, don't say stuff like that to yeah, me because yeah, yeah. it'll go straight to my head. Uh, but again, it, it kind of just reiterates that th the whole reason why I do it, which is that sense of community and how I want to be a hub for comedians. Yeah, yeah. And, and number one, like never feel intimidated. Always say hi. Like, I love that. Um, but those two things for sure. Like, yeah. like having people know you when you're not friends with them. It's, it's a pretty <laughs> awesome feeling, I gotta say. It's kind of weird though, because like, you 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 kind of forget how um, you talking for that long and being and being honest because you can't help revealing who you are in conversation like like this now yeah and then when, when some complete stranger you've never met has been listening to that and they they know about you and mm -hmm. understand your personality and it it's quite unnerving it's it a may, little weird it, it's it's great because you're like oh my god you listen to the show and they're like they listen to the show yeah <laughs> at the same time like, I still have yet to encounter it on any dates. Because that would be very weird to go on a first date and have someone be like, oh, I've listened to all of your episodes. But um, it is it is strange. But also it's like I have to bring myself back to like, well, this is the point of having a podcast yeah, exactly. you know, to have fans. For people, so. to, for people to listen. That's yeah. a good thing. Um, yeah, yeah. It'd be freaky if someone came on a first date and they were like, just before I listened to all 200 episodes, <laughs> then... All 200, including the first one. Yeah, but that might be a red flag. <laughs> kind of like, Which, oh, the audio quality in the beginning, I'm just like, I, I would be tempted to even just take down the first 50. 
to be honest. She put them behind a paywall so that people who really want to listen to them will pay to listen to I've them. I've truly <laughs> thought about it. I've truly thought about it because I'm like, if you listen to the first one, that's fine. Just listen to the first one and compare it to where I am because it's changed quite a bit. What what advice would you give to someone who is thinking of starting a podcast, but then also someone who is thinking of switching or adding a video element to, to when they record? Have the best setup possible. Like, okay. I think when I started doing video, it I kind of had this setup where I would set it up and tear it down, set it up and tear it down. Uh, but what I did was I essentially just implemented it into my studio so that it's just ready to go and I can just hit record. Yeah. Um, so I would say like, make your setup easy for yourself and your life, um, so that it's a smooth transition into it. I would also say, just be aware of the time, <laughs> the added time that it takes with video. Uh, because for me, I've kind of perfected this process of like, I edit for audio and I have the video pulled up. And so I kind of edit as I go. Yeah. So if I cut something in the audio version, I'll cut it in the video. Uh, but you just got to be aware of that, that added time that it's going to take to edit the videos have an easy setup designate a certain day each week that is maybe your edit night yeah and try your best to stick to that as much as you can things happen and you can't always do that but i do find that that just gets you in that habit of doing it um what else would there be invest but not too much and by that i mean you want quality yeah so you want to have a decent webcam you want to have, you know, fairly good lighting. It doesn't have to be the most perfect lighting ever. But if you invest too much and then you don't end up sticking with it, you're going to feel really bad yeah. that you just spent all that money. But also invest a little bit that you're actually showing that you care about your show and the quality of your show. Well, I mean, that's the thing as well. Like a decent ring light, yeah. like an LED ring light or something is you, you can spend like $15, $20 and you can get a fairly decent one as long as it's close enough to you. Yeah. Which it, which which can increase the production value massively. Yeah. Um on like a webcam for instance if you're kind of close up. But then like even if you wanted to buy some larger lights. Yeah. You you still the the technology now is so affordable. Yes. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars. You could even don't. you can get a decent setup for a few hundred dollars for instance and and have more than enough of what you need really. Exactly. So like invest a little bit but not too much, you know? Yeah, like yeah. It, um, you know, cuz when I started the podcast, it was with snowball mics and a laptop. <laughs> you know, and That's now, a good starting point. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and one thing I will just say cuz one of the best choices I made was getting a really good computer system like something that's not going to crash on you yeah something that like you're actually like really confident in like i've recorded on my old laptops where i've gone i don't know if this is going to record yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so invest in like a good machine because that'll carry you through both an audio podcast and a video yeah exactly um and uh what are there, are there any kind of um like big lessons or assumptions that you had about podcasting before you went into it that have now been kind of like completely turned on their head? Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people, me included, go into it going, uh, I'm going to have this many listeners and they're going to stick with me. Yeah. And that is not going to happen. You're going to have dips. Um, you know, you might not even have the amount of listeners that you probably may have wanted or thought going into it. I think we can get cocky sometimes <laughs> or, um, and, but it's work to maintain an audience. That's a huge lesson I learned 
that is a lot of work to maintain that audience over time. Four years is a long time. Uh, and I would say that I'm I'm at a point where I'm I have a consistent growth. It's I would say smaller growth, but it's consistent over time, which which I appreciate. Um, so definitely huh, make content that you yourself are fulfilled by and enjoy. Yeah, because then the listeners and the downloads will be just a bonus to you. Yeah, yeah. If you enjoy the process and you love the topics and everything, then. And that's just everything it. else is just gravy on top then. And if you embrace it as a learning opportunity as well, you know, to just even just learn about podcasting and the process of podcasting, you can then work for a podcast company. <laughs> you can help other people with their shows. Yeah. And you have a whole skill set. Well, exactly. You you've you've done so much time yeah. doing the hard like learning the hard lessons and, and creating all those shows and and remaining consistent, which is probably the most important yet hardest to grasp skill so for a lot of podcasters like i just think you gotta make stuff that you really like and you have fun with because if you have fun recording a podcast sweet you just did a podcast you can put it out for other people to enjoy yeah, yeah. and you had a fun night so that's like a win-win yeah but if you're just doing it to get famous or to get downloads or to make money um you're kind of in it for the wrong exactly reasons. exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so uh this is your opportunity now to plug the show Ooh. to our our audience thank you so much yeah it is on hiatus <laughs> currently but it is still there's still 200 episodes um up there for you so it's intoxicated podcast um so this is a it's a long form uncensored comedy podcast um so i talk to a variety of people i, I like to say it's the three c's so it's comedians characters and creators um, are the types of people yeah. that I have on the podcast. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, check it out. It's on, available everywhere and on YouTube. And you you got a big following on TikTok as well. I have a big personal following on TikTok. Yeah. Under my personal TikTok, which is just Sarah McClellan. Um, but yeah, follow me on there too. I had one viral TikTok and the rest are pretty mediocre. I won't lie. <laughs> but uh, TikTok is a lot of fun. And I do post uh, podcast clips on there. So Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Visit podstarter.io to find out how we can help you build the podcast you and your audience needs. To listen to more episodes, search Podstarter wherever you find your podcasts or visit our website. You can also find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Podstarter is produced in Nova Scotia, Canada by podstarter.io.